Hi, everybody. It's Jamin with Keen Point of View, the best intersection for politics, gay issues, and Christianity ever with a new podcast episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Independence Day. It was last week, but um, I didn't get to say that last week. So happy Independence Day. We celebrated the founding of the United States of America on July 4th. So happy birthday to the United States of America, soon to be less united and more just a loose assembly of regions with concentration camps dotting the land full of brown and black people and Asians who are not doing well. June was Pride Month, and someone on Twitter posted that July is Straight Black Families Pride Month. And child, I am tired. I'm so tired. Straight people, especially black straight women, listen, you don't have to do all that. You really don't. Like, straight people are accepted by society, and everyone assumes you're automatically straight by default. Do you know that? No one is denying you any agency or pride in being straight by celebrating gay pride or celebrating a marginalized group. And when you decide to get married to someone of the opposite sex, do you remember a movement and legal fight associated with it? Think about it. Is anyone threatening to take away your marital status by nominating a hostile Supreme Court justice or even your job security? Go ahead and ponder that for me. Ponder it. Were you looked at weirdly? for holding hands with your opposite sex spouse in public. You're viewed as normal and don't need anyone to help establish your validity. I could see if you're celebrating your family or promoting families or promoting nuclear families, which I can support, but what's done as a response to gay pride a half second after gay pride officially ended really comes off as petty, small-minded, weird, shallow, and sad. Just be glad that you never had to fight for the right to exist. For this to come from a black straight woman is not surprising. I mean, why are black straight women so homophobic? And y'all really are as a generality. You can keep denying it and even write about it. But my experience has shown me that while black straight men treated me more violently for being gay, black women who are straight in general were the worst verbally and physically yet offered some protection and friendship while being homophobic at the same time. It was a really weird place to be in. And y'all going to get this work. It, it was a catch 22. It was really weird. And just because you have a crush on your gay friend and he rejects you just because he's gay and that's what gay men do doesn't mean that you can take it out on all gay men. The man is not a waste because he's gay and y'all are really worth more than losing your soul and becoming black hearted and bitter because of it. Like, strive to do better. I believe in you. I want you to do better. Also, leave us the hell alone and let us have our one-month celebration out of the 12 that you have to flaunt your heterosexuality. This week's opening segment is lover or friend. I take male celebrities and say if I would take them as a friend or a lover. The celebrities don't have to be gay, but baby, look, if if, if they were, I'd Rupert Everett, Chris Hemsworth all over the place. And I don't even know what that means, but I'd do it because it's Chris Hemsworth. For those of you who were born after 1996 and don't know who Rupert Everett is, go watch My Best Friend's Wedding. And for those of you who still don't know who Chris Hemsworth is, if you were born before 1990, uh, that's, that's actually, you would know who he is. But if you're like in my mom's generation and don't know who Chris Hemsworth is, Chris Hemsworth is Thor, for all the seniors listening. So let's get to the game. Lover or friend? Number one, Michael B. Jordan friend i get his sex appeal but like 
I get it. But he seems like he would be like a cool guy to play video games with and eat pizza with. But that's just it for me. He he can be shirtless if he's as big as he was in Black Panther. Like, don't get me wrong. I like eye candy as much as the next gay guy. But uh, that's that's just about it for me on Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Number two, Christian Vincent. He played Ricky on Noah's Ark. I love her. Have you seen him? He's so pretty. But then I think about my role on pretty men having issues. And But you know what? Sometimes you have to try something you're afraid of for it to really be worth something in life. So, hi, Christian. We have mutual friends in real life. I'm not making a joke. We really do have uh, mutual friends, Christian. And if you're listening, we have mutual friends. Hi, my name is Jamin. Um, just, you know, we have mutual friends. So, mutual friends, introduce us. Thank you. Number three, Idris Elba friend look ladies i get it i do he's attractive he's hot i get it his swagger all that but uh, 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 uh. number four president obama friend why first of all michelle I neither have the time nor desire to get michelle levon up in arms to come for me second of all i just don't I get that he's attractive and all, but mm, 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 mm. number five, Joe Manganello, lover. <laughs> that man is just so tall and muscular and just mm, everything you want in a fantasy. Mm. Sophia Vergata did right and married him, and you know she and I are just gonna have to fight it out. And it will probably come to a draw because I'm black crazy and she's Colombian crazy. But once the cousins get involved, I'm probably going to lose. But I mean, art like Joe doesn't come along very often. So, you know what? Let me, um, yeah, let me go ahead and book this kickboxing trainer just so I can stay ready for Sophia when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Number six, Mike Ruiz from The A-List, the show that was on Bravo. He's also a photographer in New York, and I would take him as a lover. Why? Have you seen him? Who would not want to wake up to him every morning or go to sleep with him later than planned every night? And y'all know why it would be later than planned. <laughs> number seven donald trump lover hold on hold on hold on hold on just the one time if he can guarantee a two billion pound sterling not u.s dollars cash payment into my bank account and don't act like y'all wouldn't do it either he would have to wear a bag over his head of course and not talk because please shut up and stop talking and let me do all the work but i for that amount of money all that with those stipulations, yes. Uh, Stormy Daniels, though, is a strong woman because she did it for $130,000. Because, look, child, ain't no way I could do it for less than a couple billion in pounds. Because U.S. dollars just ain't going to cut it. I need something worth more than a dollar, and that's a pound. And Stormy Daniels is a strong woman. So hats off, hand claps, yes, to Stormy. 130000 good for you. You're a strong woman. I hope you save the republic, though. Number eight. Jeff Goldblum. Lover. Now, 
Apparently, a lot of women and men have posted on social media about how much they love Jeff Goldblum. And I don't know where y'all get the idea that y'all can have my man like that. But I have had a flame for Jeff since Earth Girls Are Easy, which I watched with my mom. So in the argument of if gay people are gay due to nature versus nurture, mom, it's your fault. You should have never let me watch that movie. I didn't even know really what sexual attraction was enough to define it at that age. But when I saw him come out of that uh that that uh what was it the, like the what it's like a cl- not a closet but like a tube that he was in when he got all the hair removed and he like walked out and was shirtless and at six four oh my oh lord mm. i watched that movie about three times before we had to return it and wait we actually might have y'all remember how you would take the VHS tape square and cover it with scotch tape and then record a movie on the second VCR. I heard this how you could record a movie just in case the FBI is listening because I respect the warning in my family. We respected the warning before the VHS movie played. Other people did not. So go after them, not my family, not me. Um, But anyway, Jeff Goldblum is just. Oh, God is real. Mm. He made Jeff. And cause that man to age slowly and stay six foot four and lean and just as delicious as he. Mm, mm, mm. Can we just take 10 seconds and thank God for Jeff Goldblum? Sorry to wax so long about Jeff Goldblum, but let me tell y'all, heifers, who keep trying to confess your lust for my man, we will meet on the mountain to battle this out because there can only be one concubine and it's me. Okay, let's get to it. In political news, let's thank God again, not for Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) Always thankful for that. But let's thank God that this week was less eventful than last week politically, because by Wednesday last week, I was, um, you know, well, the week before the fourth, I I was just, oh, my goodness. Last week was much more bearable politically. First, the Trump administration stated that they will not be releasing information as far as numbers of migrant children held in captivity, but they will release numbers for the total number of children that they have, which includes migrant children. But there will be no information given for migrant children specifically. Some of these children are toddlers and have to represent themselves in court because they're banned from having legal representation thanks to the Trump administration in court. So a four-year-old has to state why they crossed into a country illegally in court to try to plead their case and not be deported. When you have a lawyer, you have a greater chance of staying in the country and fighting for some sort, some kind of legal immigrant status versus when you don't have a lawyer, nine out of 10 times you will be deported. So these kids are toddlers and having to defend themselves in immigration court. Um, And I guess these are just the kids who were too ugly to be adopted by people who steal kids in the name of saving them. We'll get to that later on. But either way, they are not going to see their parents or families again unless their parents can pay $4,000 to be reunited with their child. Yep. A woman was charged $4,000 to be reunited with her child for whom she was separated when she crossed into the United States. This administration is so big-hearted and Christ-like. It makes total sense why evangelical Christians support them. They get a discounted child to move into their house to raise to be Cinderella or Cinderella. 
And they get to make money off of the parent trying to get their child back. Like Jesus spoke of in First Neverlonians 17.99. The administration has lost 3,000 kids and they have nothing in place to reunite the parents with their children and are lying to the parents and promising them that they will see their kids again if they agree to be deported. If that's not enough, Scott Pruitt, the former director of the EPA, resigned after asking aides to do personal errands for him that were not part of their jobs, like using his government credit card to fly first class everywhere for work, which is illegal and criminal, and using his aides to find his wife a job where she could make at least $200,000 a year. These people act like the federal government is private industry. When will these inquiries become charges When is he going to court? This is criminal stuff. It's like Lex Luthor's Legion of Doom is running the country, except Lex's brain was replaced by Bizarro's brain because Trump is not as smart as Lex Luthor. And then Bizarro's brain chose the D-list of villains. These people can't even evil write. They're trying to be Lannisters, but operate like a bunch of Theon Greyjoys. Nixon never got caught with information except once. These people just leave a neon sticky note paper trail wherever they go. How long, oh Lord, how long? And further political news, let's talk about legal ethnic cleansing. Ethnic cleansing has been used by every authoritarian regime in history, and the United States did it to the Native Americans to steal their land and expand west. It's always done legally, even if it's immoral. These days, there is a ramp-up underway to do it. It is slowly ramping up legally. The U.S. Armed Forces had an agreement with permanent residents, green card holders, that they could get their citizenship after serving in the military, and now they're being discharged in record numbers and will likely face deportation even though they're here legally, as has been happening with green card holders. Additionally, Haitian refugees are being given until later this year to get out of the country or face deportation, which has taken back a promise to help them seek asylum in the country. Latino families are being torn apart at the border so they can never seek asylum or even become citizens. There are a lot of foreign visa holders who are skilled workers working in a lot of fields who are not being renewed or not being given a visa, and companies have to make do with unskilled American workers who do not have the skills or education to fill a role. The wealth gap between white people and everyone except Asians who are doing well is expanding and being encouraged to do so with things like tax cuts for the rich and many minorities are facing being pushed out of their houses. Even state-level legislation to provide federal aid to counties that are mostly white in certain states and take benefits away from mostly black counties has tried to be passed. You notice that I haven't said anything that negatively affects white people, right? Even half of Americans now believe Donald Trump is racist based on a survey that was released recently and that racist dickhead Stephen Miller has found a way to advise Trump to enact orders and propose legislation to make America unsafe for anyone who isn't white. How is a Jewish man a white supremacist? Miller is Jewish. His grandparents escaped the Holocaust and then had children who made the unfortunate decision to have Stephen. His whole being and life are trash and I'm sick of him. Also, be on the lookout for a new movement online called Walk Away. Hashtag Walk Away. It's Russian bots acting like Democrats who claim they left the party and will support Trump because Democrats have become uncivil by speaking out against fascism. Don't fall for it. There is nothing to walk away from when fighting back against fascism. 
And what sense does it make to lose everything you have as an American only to support Trump because people are being mean to him and his administration personnel while he's busy being the most uncivil person in the country today? How does that even make sense? I really hope that this movement doesn't catch steam because it's stupid. I hope this is the first of many Russian bot missteps in the future. I really miss the Obama days when my political updates were about silliness and a lot sillier things than America dying a lot faster due to racism, destroying it more than political battles ever could do. Like, America is a dumbass nation when it comes to racism. Just embrace that you're historically a racist country and then choose to deal with it. Stop acting like we've come so far because we really haven't. Evangelical Christians of all races are still choosing whiteness and patriotism over Jesus and acting bitch-made and butt-hurt whenever someone calls them out on it. And it's not okay. In Christian news, there is a preacher who is 22 years old named Matt Powell who believes that gays should be executed. He said that gays should be executed humanely. Okay, Matt, whatever that means. And that government should be in charge of it because the Bible says that gays should be executed. It actually doesn't say that, but it appears to say that, but it, it, it doesn't say that. Anyway, my heart goes out to him because I used to be like him. I used to be a homophobe when I was closeted. I thought I was reaching out in love by saying that gay people should do better. And the harsher I was to them, they would stop being gay so I could be nicer to them. Because it's arrogance that led me to think that they would care that much about my opinion. Like, where did I get off with that? So... He's probably thinking that if gay people would stop being gay, he could stop being so mean to gay people. Gays are the ones with the problem, you see, not him because he's following God's law. I really want to talk to him because I think he's in the wrong with what he's doing. Actually, I know he's wrong. And I understand what he thinks he's trying to do. And he's also closeted himself. There there have been so many men who are outspoken about gay people when they could just really mind their business and turn out to have repressed gay feelings themselves. Like, he's also 22, and taking this thing on at such a young age, ministry beside the point, is alarming to me because it fits the blueprint of someone who could be happier just being out and gay. So I really wish I could talk to him because I know where he's been. One of my friends at the time stopped talking to me until I came out because I was in a bookstore with them and they saw a gay magazine and I recognized the porn actor on the front, on the cover. My other friend asked how I knew who he was when they didn't know who he was. And I said, you have to know your enemy in order to be able to reach them. Child. Child. (laughs) What the hell? I am glad that I was only just simply not talked to by that friend for that time because I really needed my ass beat over that. Like, I called them enemies simply because they were a lesbian and a gay man and two of my closest friends at the time. Mm. So thank you, Sonia and Cleon, for tolerating me at that time and understanding my level of self-hatred enough to be patient with me and give me grace and time to get it together. I was trash, and I'm sorry. And seeing how they treated me then is giving me an eye-opening to how I need to treat people in my life who are acting unsavory right now, but dealing with self-hatred and other denials, too, and how much grace and time I need to give them. Which I hate realizing, 
now because ain't nobody got time for that. Get it together. I don't want to give grace when I'm ready to move on. Ah, as if. In other Christian news, I want to talk about doubt. Doubt happens when you believe in God for his promises over your life, but they can sometimes take time to bear fruit. So in the waiting, there's a lot of stuff that gets worked on by God in you and by you through God to other people and in outside situations. And doubts come up. Doubt, I feel, is natural. It's human, but it's not of God. The Bible says that Abraham didn't let doubt sway him in his belief in God's promise over his life. Now, God's promise to Abraham was so intense that God changed his name from Abram, which means exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of multitudes. God's promise to Abraham was so intense that Abraham asked God if he meant the promise for his younger relative. (laughs) Because Abraham was so old and God clarified that he meant Abraham. So the promise given to Abraham by God was given when Abraham was 75 years old and that the promise was God said Abraham would naturally conceive a child at seven. He told him at 75, you're going to naturally conceive a child later and that child will have children and Abraham's bloodline will be as many as the grains of sand on the earth. Now, at the time, Abraham and Sarah had no children. So Abraham was about 75 and Sarah was about 65, I think. So, um, you know, they're, they're both unable to have kids at this point. So Sarah did what many of us would do and she grew tired of waiting. You know, she jumped up and did what she wanted to do to move things along because God's moving too slowly. So I need to help out here because this is not on my timetable. Um, And she had Abraham impregnate her slave girl, Hagar, and she had a son, Hagar had a son named Ishmael, but this was not the son that God meant. So Ishmael's descendants would be just as numerous as Abraham's um, second son. And true to God's word, Ishmael is the father of the Arab people and Isaac is the father of the Hebrew people after Abraham. But there were 25 years between God's promise and Isaac's birth. (laughs) Abraham had to wait 25 years. Until he had his son. So he was 100 when he had... 100 when he had Isaac. Sarah's like 90. It's crazy. So Abraham, however, never wavered in his belief. He doubted, I'm sure, because the Bible never says he didn't. The Bible says he didn't allow doubts to overtake him. So I'm sure he doubted because he had to clarify if the promise was for him and not for his relative because he was old. And then next, Sarah was able to convince him to try a different solution instead of just saying in faith, like, no, I'm going to wait on God. So I understand doubt happens. It's there. But the reality is things take time. And God promises us things in the Bible and also in our lives. They just sometimes take a bit to get to us. It's trying. I get it. But whatever you do, don't lose sight of what God promised you. If he promised you that you will teach multitudes and you want to quit your job teaching those bad kids for one more year, hold on. If God promised you that you will be involved in fundraising to bring about changes for good in the world and you only have a dollar and 22 cents in your checking account, hold on. If God promised you that you will have children and a loving spouse and you are almost 40, single, and your text messages are drier than a J. Cole concert, hold on. I find that we often want to let go right when the breakthrough is about to come. I will let you know that if your blessing depends on someone else, though, (laughs) just heads up, God will be patient with that other person (laughs) more than you will. (laughs) 
Just, just throwing that out there. But don't let go. Noah had to endure building an ark for years on dry land, and I'm sure he doubted all the time, especially when people called him crazy. Paul had to endure arrests and living on donations to bring the gospel to people and governments who were hostile to his message, but Paul never let go, even when Nero executed him. Gideon was promised victory, but doubted and was scared, yet he held on, even after asking God to verify everything a few times. Jesus himself was promised all authority in heaven and on earth, but even he asked to not suffer and die to get it, but he held on. So let's all hold on together. God has promised me some things and I'm still waiting and I have doubted, but please, and he's done the same to you, but please don't let doubt turn into unbelief. I know a lot of you have let go of God because something didn't work out for you, how you prayed for it to work out. And it is completely understandable. It is. You feel that God let you down. I felt God let me down when I couldn't afford to go to Wake Forest, even though I got admitted. It was my first choice. I fell in love with that school. I wanted to go. I got admitted and then couldn't afford to go. I prayed. No money came through for it. I felt God let me down when I got interviewed for the number two film school in the country, but didn't get in. Like, I even asked, like, both of those times, why let me get to the door and not get through? It's like teasing me. It's like, oh, this is good. Your heart really wants it, but nope, not going to do this. Like, why even let me get to the, like, why even let me see it, you know? So later on, though, I realized that I really needed to get in touch with my black side. And I was basically a white acting black boy in high school and needed to go to an HBCU and needed to go to college for free. So I got into Virginia Union University long after the application deadline. Okay, like deadline had long passed <laughs> for applications and for the scholarship but um i had a connection with an alumni who the school loved and he donated a lot of money and i got to apply and got the scholarship late and got in and graduated from virginia union university and about that film school i always talked about writing scripts but it never happened until I applied and submitted three treatments with my application. So just seeing that I got accepted to do an interview, which is the second stage, because not everybody makes it to the interview stage, based off of a largely business resume with little film experience. And what I had was mostly acting experience. And it was enough to motivate me to believe in myself, to know that I could compete as a screenwriter. And what I had was good enough to stand with everybody else at that school and in Hollywood. Because let's be real, some of this stuff that gets a green light in Hollywood, honey, how? Like, it's not good. And then this stuff got the nerve to get renewed. Like, who was watching this? Anyway, I started writing more after that. And as I go on with Jesus, I just see how... It is so easy to give up on God when things don't go your way. It's easy to get mad at God and blame him for life not going as you planned, but don't give up. He will come through. He promised that I would go to college for free. Just obviously not my first choice school. He promised a lot more too. So I will say that some things have come true and God has come through in big ways and small ways and things that he says will happen, happen. I was told that I would be able to keep my job when I moved to L.A., didn't see how that could happen because the person who had to prove it is notor was notorious for, like, not approving anything. And lo and behold, he said I could keep my job and move. Now, that promise didn't come 
true until about a week before I started packing to move. So that's another thing about God. God often doesn't show up for the big stuff until 11.59 and 59 seconds p.m. on the day you need it. Let me repeat that. God often doesn't show up for the big stuff in your life until 11.59 p.m. and 59 seconds the day when you need it. So get into the Bible Hold on, read up on the nature of God and his promises, meditate on some verses, pray throughout the day, no matter how short or long the prayer is, play some praise songs, notice how God shows up daily in what we consider small ways, stay thankful to him, hold on, pray that I hold on, let me know if I need to pray for you so you hold on, know that when you hold on and decide to stick it out, there will come attacks from the enemy to throw you off course because if you're not being attacked, you're not a threat. Let me say that again. If you're not being attacked, you're not a threat. So taking hold of the promise and belief is enough to make the enemy nervous. But living in God's promise is another thing entirely. But to get from the belief to the living is a battle. God's got your side in it. And the enemy is a defeated foe already, but he's still hell-bent on killing you. So hold to God. Dig your nails into Jesus. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Pray for angels to defend you. Fix your wig. Don't make your mascara run. Put on your stilettos and paint a fierce lip. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Walk tall, stand strong, march on, and believe. In gay news, I am so beyond happy that Aquaria won season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race. I have been Team Aquaria since the first episode and thought it would be down to her and Miss Cracker and Asia because they were the fiercest ones. Aquaria, Asia, Eureka, and Cameron Michaels were in the final four. I went to the live taping and was shocked by the final four because I really stopped watching the show around the third episode because I just knew how it was going to end, and I was wrong. But anyway, after five and a half hours of taping, narrowing it down to a one and a half hour finale that aired with commercials... I was kind of offended that we sat there that long and they cut so much out of it. But anyway, I loved Blair St. Clair's finale looked the best and then Asia's finale looked. Blair gave me Scarlett O'Hara and Asia gave me Empire of the Sun. The live lip syncs were off the chain, incredible, and the energy was electric. We watched Cameron versus Asia and her lip sync try to do something to Janet Jackson's nasty. Like, Cameron killed it, but... We couldn't see the butterflies on the stage like y'all could during the show on TV. And we just saw her blow on something on her costume or her um, outfit and drop things and dance. And during the break in taping, we noticed what we thought were moths flying around. We were like, oh, those moths? But they were butterflies. Like, at that moment, I was so heartbroken for Asia because I really wanted her to pull out a win. <laughs> but it... And, it would have looked so good, but the butterflies fell asleep and didn't wake up until after the lip sync was over and Cameron Michaels outdanced Asia for the first one by then. But what was annoying about Asia's costume wasn't that. It was, for me, these women sitting behind me who took the entire long break to complain about how inhumane it was for Asia to use butterflies. They would not shut up about it. Like, I almost turned to them and yelled, are y'all with the ASPCA or PETA or Hawaii? Vegans who are unhappy about everything, because unless you're going to tell off a producer and get thrown out, shut up. The butterflies are flying around there. They're not dead. Ugh, I have huge problems with people who care about animals more than they do other human beings. I really don't know if these women are like that. I really don't. But based on their outfits they were wearing, like from the 1950s, I'm going to assume they're not completely connected 
and aware that it's 2018. I'm sorry. That was completely judgmental, <laughs> but I'm not sorry. They were annoying. Anyway, when Aquaria and Eureka lip synced, the energy was amazing. Aquaria did the choreography from Janet Jackson's If and had costume reveals and even did the wardrobe malfunction from the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. And she took off two of her spikes in her costume to reveal fake spiked boobs underneath. Eureka had three costume reveals and kicks. And watching it live, I wondered how RuPaul could pick a winner. <laughs> but when she said both of them go to the finale, I understood it. Like watching it live, how could you decide? But watching it on television, Aquaria was a notch above Eureka on that one. But anyway, the finale with Cameron, Aquaria, and Eureka was to Bang Bang by Jesse J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj. And watching it live, Aquaria killed it. She even had the theater yelling her name afterward. Uh, they recorded the three endings, and everyone knew Cameron didn't get the crown. But it's either between Aquaria and Eureka at the time. However, y'all, girl, girl, girl. Let me tell y'all what the television viewing did for me. Okay, if I had to give it first place, it should have and thankfully did go to Aquaria. She came to win. And what's awesome about that is she never had to lip sync to stay on the show the whole season. These were her first lip syncs, and she nailed them. If I had to give second place, it would go to Cameron Michaels. I didn't notice it so much because I was watching Aquaria and Eureka during the finale. But Cameron worked the heck out of that stage. Like, like... Like, she was exhausting me. <laughs> she was out of breath and everything. I'm like, work this stage. Okay, Miss Bodybuilder Barbie. Yes, work. Give me my truth wig snatch hunty tea. And other gay slang phrases. Yes. Third place, however, would go to Eureka. Because she kind of stayed on the ground a lot in the last lip sync. And, like, just looked tired to me. And I know people think she's sweet. But there's just something about Eureka that rubs me wrong. And I don't know what it is. Like, it's just, it's something. Anyway, here's to rooting for Miss Vanjie. Staying longer next season and seeing Eureka or Cameron on All-Stars. Actually, Asia should do All-Stars. Go on All-Stars, Asia. If Shangela doesn't go back. Because Shangela was... Well, what's in the past is in the past. But girl, look, Shangela has grown so much as a drag queen. I remember when she first appeared on Drag Race and came to headline the DC Pride Festival after it was over. I was like, that's it? That's how you got in RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. But now, oh, honey, like, Shangela is that bitch. Okay. Look, I love Trixie. I do. Love Trixie. And I'm happy she won. But how that whole all-star thing was decided, that judging process, like, really? Okay. Now for my bum of the week, my boo of the week. My bum of the week this week, besides Donald Trump, is Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen. First of all, because of that damn J in her name that makes no sense where it's placed. And secondly, because of her losing track of 3,000 kids' parents that her department forcibly ripped from their families. All to do what amounts to legal human trafficking through Christian adoption agencies like the one funded by Education Secretary DeVos's family. They're selling these kids to the highest bidder, y'all. They could actually kill them and no one would ever know. And there's just enough racist people working in immigration who don't view brown children as human beings and would gladly gas them and incinerate them. And y'all know it, too. These people running our government from Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, Donald Trump and Neil Gorsuch are garbage examples of human beings and are no more than talking human excrement as far as I'm concerned. If they choose to do better, my opinion will change. But for now, rat, garbage, dung, heat, fart, breath. 
<sighs> My boo of the week is Aquaria. I know that some people feel that RuPaul crowned their future a drag as a 22-year-old white twink. But guys, no. In the finale and on the show, Aquaria killed it. Like, come on. She was never in the bottom two all season, and we all saw the same finale. The best queen won based on performances. So I look forward to seeing what she will do. So congratulations, Aquaria. You shantayed your way into my heart as other drag queens sashayed out of it. Did I do that right? Is it she shantayed and stayed in my heart? But that doesn't, no, that doesn't make sense because she wasn't there to begin with. Like she had to first appear. Like, so anyway, I'm making more of this than necessary, but whatever it is, congratulations, Aquaria. Please don't be problematic. Once again, this is Jamin with Keen Point of View, the best intersection of politics, gay issues, and Christianity ever. Thanks again for joining me this week for another episode. Please, if you like this podcast, feel free to share it with everyone you know who will enjoy it and subscribe to it. Please subscribe. Also, feel free to contact me at Keen Point of View, all spelled out, K-E-E-N-E, Point of View, all spelled out, all one word, at gmail.com. Also, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Keen p-o-v k-e-e-n-e-p-o-v and the facebook fan page is facebook.com slash keen p-o-v and the blog again is keenpointofview.com k-e-e-n-e pointofview.com i want to do some reader mail eventually so feel free to write and ask questions and let me know if i can answer the question on the podcast music this week is provided by at underscore ace dizzy flow and google and free music archive and la mikey thanks for joining in again Take care.